You're listening to the Keep Optimizing Podcast to increase your traffic, improve your conversion rates, and grow your profits. Hello and welcome. If you are looking to improve the performance and return on investment of your marketing, you have tuned in to the right podcast. I'm Chloe Thomas, the host of this Marketing Focus podcast, and it's very cool to have you tuning in to our episode all about email signups. This month, we are all about email marketing, and we've been working our way backwards through the customer journey. The first episode of the month, we tackled the post-purchase campaign. Last time, it was the welcome campaign. And this episode is all about growing your list, getting those people signed up who are going to experience the new awesome welcome campaign you've created as a result of our last episode. Of course, when we're collecting any data, we have to do it in a legal and responsible way. We're not getting into the ins and outs of GDPR, etc. in this episode, but do remember to follow the rules of whichever region you're marketing to with your email sign-up activity. Right, that's the legal stuff done. In today's episode, we're getting into the latest and greatest tactics for increasing your email list, both increasing the quantity and the quality of the people on that list. We will be getting into wheels of fortune, quizzes, pop-ups, whether or not to discount and a fair bit more. We're just about to meet today's guest and get stuck into all of that. But before we do, please do check out the sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Klaviyo, the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform for brands of all kinds and sizes. Whether you're an entrepreneur just starting out or you're part of a marketing team at a multinational brand, Klaviyo will give you everything you need to create memorable marketing moments, building customer relationships that keep shoppers coming back time and time again. Get started with a free account today. Visit klaviyo.com slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash Masterplan. Today, I'm chatting with email marketing expert Gabe Macaluso. Gabe is the director of customer success at Omnisend, and prior to that, he was on the Bronto team at NetSuite. So, Gabe's got some serious e commerce email pedigree. Hello, Gabe. Hello, Chloe. It's great to have you here, and I'm looking forward to getting into, I think, everyone's favourite email marketing topic, if they're being really honest, more. (laughs) The subject of more. How do we get more? Um, But before we get into that, how did you get into email marketing? Uh, It's it's a really funny story. Um, I was actually a middle school science teacher for seven years, Uh, had children. My wife said, I need you to go make more money. Uh, and so lived down the street from Bronto and Bronto was sort of one of those always tech startup companies that people admired and you wanted to go work for. Um, and so kind of just made my case and said, hey, there's no better customer research and customer success than dealing with a bunch of eighth graders who don't want what you have and you have to convince <laughs> them it is. <laughs> You sold you sold them on. I have the skills because I can deal with eighth graders. Absolutely. I mean, it was a great mix of like marketing tactics, customer relations, because you have to deal with it every day. Angry parents, kids staring at each other that don't want to be stared at, you know, and, and conflict resolution. That's that's what it's all about. Very cool. And just for, for those who aren't in the U.S., what age is eighth grader? Uh, Fourteen. Fourteen. Oh, gosh. Yeah. People, people either love it or hate it. Absolutely. <laughs> Ouch, that sounds like hell. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, just imagining how awful that would be. Uh, right. Uh, so 
Okay, let's talk, uh, as I said, list growth, I think, is always a hot topic for people because, um, you know, although we all know that quality is more important than quantity, uh, quantity is very, very alluring. So you are at the coalface with retailers all the time looking at this. What, what's, the, what's the coolest thing you've seen recently, the most successful thing you've seen recently in terms of list growth? Yeah, I think probably the coolest thing I've seen in terms of list growth is people actually taking a step back. Um, mm-hmm. You know, typically when we're talking about like an email capture pop-up, the recommendation is always three seconds of them landing on page um, because that's going to be your highest quantity of submission, mm-hmm. right? Not necessarily your highest submission rate, but your highest quantity. And when we talk about that, that's important. So people are taking a step back and going, how do we curate this experience a bit more to make it more like an in-person experience? Because you know, if you walk into a resale store uh, and the first thing that happens is, you know, outside of Walmart or maybe some of your bigger department stores where they have the Walmart greeter and they say hello to you as you walk in the store, you know, you don't have someone running up with the clipboard in your face going, hey, do you want to save 20 percent off everything in your purchase? Right. You'd be like, can I can I just browse a little bit first? Can I get an experience? <laughs> can I see what you have? And, and then we can talk. So people are definitely taking a step back. And so, you know, whether it's setting up different triggers, I think is really neat. So, you know, at OmniSend, we've been playing around with like page goal, number of page clicks, um, and really kind of targeting different messaging and different acquisition pop-ups, depending on how long someone's spending on your site. I think it's so clever when companies actually dive into the details and they don't just go, yeah, three seconds, boom, three seconds, boom. We'll just hit everyone. Whether you've been to the site a million times before or you've been once, we're going to go three seconds, boom, there's the, there's the pop-up. But I think one of the things which, which I find stops people doing this is there's no, you know, three second boom, we know what we're doing. Um, we go, page scroll, well, how far down the page do they need to scroll? Clicks, how many clicks? And of course, it's going to be, I'm assuming it's different for every mm-hmm. retailer. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, pop-ups are always funny because you can always play around with your brand voice and it's a great opportunity for you to introduce people to that brand voice. Um, So if you're a little bit of a cheekier brand, you can kind of go around that route of like, hey, we don't want to, we don't like spam either, right? Or, um, hey, we want to, we want to touch base with you once a week. So you can also set expectations. There's a couple different strategies to it. Then the other option is if it's a higher price point, then you can start talking about things like, hey, this is a big decision, we want to help you with it, right? So you can, you can kind of do all of those subtle things to establish, hey, this is what our brand is about and this is why you, we want you on our list. With that extra content, do you think we're moving to a space where the message, the, you know, the call to action for the email sign-up is, is more, here's a reason why you should care about us and you can have a discount rather than it being get 10% off. Is it, do we have to sell it as well as then offer the discount? Yeah, I think that's an interesting concept. And, you know, I I try to encourage all of our merchants that we work with to avoid offering a discount in that pop-up. Because if you offer a discount in that initial touch, if that's your first gut, then then subconsciously you're telling all of your consumers you're a discount brand. Mm -hmm. Um, And we, you know, being in the email marketing space, we all know the tricks. You know, if I have a Gmail address, I can move the dot anywhere in my name. 
it registers as a new email address, I still get it to the same inbox. If I add a plus after my name, I can, you know, there's a number of things you can do. Um, that's actually a little side note. I love this idea. Anytime you register for a webinar, put it like Gabe MacLuso plus OmniSend webinar. And that way, when you start getting other emails, you're like, I don't remember how I signed up for this. You see like it was sent to Gabe MacLuso at OmniSend webinar and you're like, oh, I got all these different emails because I signed up for this webinar. I love that sort of like source tracking. Well, so literally, um, if we're on Gmail, yeah. whether we're at Gmail or we're at, like we use Gmail and we're at yeah. ecommercemasterplan.com. So I could do Chloe plus thing I signed up to here yeah. and then I can work out who they gave my data to. Yeah, exactly. <gasps> yeah. Oh, that's so, about to, to, I'm about yeah. to lose the next month of my life yeah. to that. <laughs> super fun to do and super fun to do with brands as well. So like the brands are like, we never sell your data. And it's like, mm, yeah, you did. <laughs> like, wow. That's cool. And that's yeah. not like you've got to try to remember which email address you use to sign up because you're not going to put, it's not going to be yeah. Chloe plus one. Right. Was Omnisend or Chloe plus two was, yeah. I don't know, XYZ webinar. You're actually going to put the name of the thing into yeah. super easy. Track. Oh, yeah. You've lost me now, Gabe. I'm now right, obs- I'm yeah. about to be totally obsessed by that. Yeah. You can bring me back in six months. We'll talk. That'll be a whole nother tangential <laughs> yeah, conversation. Yeah, that would be a, uh, a competitive. Re- anyway, yeah. we digress. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so, so customers have lots of lots of tricks they can sure. do to, to make sure they get that discount, whether they're new or old anyway. Sure. That's what, what, you, what you were saying. But I think the more important thing about what you're saying was that actually, do we want to give a discount? Because, I mean, we can yeah. track it and we can see if it impacts uplift and all the rest of yeah. it. But actually, do we want a customer who's only trying to get the discount or do we want the right customer? Right. And of course, like the, person, the point of getting a person on your email list or your SMS list, if you're going to use acquisition for SMS, is to, is to really focus on retention. So yes, we want to acquire their contact information so we can communicate with them. We do want to convert them to that first purchase, but especially in this day and age with everyone being home, like we're doing more and more research on the products that we're purchasing. And so we're looking for that experience. We want to do social good. We've got time to do it. Um, you know, one of the things I was hoping to research before, before our chat was last year about this time, the study came out that 60% of people study, start their product searches on Amazon, right? Mm-hmm. So it became like the number one product search engine. We're moving away from that. You know, we've, we purchase things on Amazon all the time. The Amazon truck is stopping at my house every other day, basically. And it's phenomenal how my wife has decided she wants to be more green and how direct to companies she's going to find those specific things and not just give the money to Amazon and not just have it come in a box, but like Mm -hmm. really taking time to research these things. And part of that is the acquisition strategy. So, okay, you get someone to sign up for your pop-up. Message one is, thanks for signing up. Here's a little story of our brand. Number two is, this is why you should buy from us. And maybe there's some recommended products if they still haven't converted. And then maybe in the third message, that's where you put the discount. So the discount is not driving the sign up. I'm not getting an email address because I'm trying to give them something. Mm -hmm. I'm giving them a sign up because I'm getting good quantity or good quality contacts and not just worrying about how many contacts I get to sign up, which we all know is important. You know, I deal with customers all the time in deliverability. Like they don't want to unsubscribe any contact. I get it. But like, (laughs) 
you know list quality yes. is, is yeah. important and there's there's both you know as you're saying the deliverability score yeah. um list quality but there's also the do they actually want to buy and be yeah. a good customer yeah. list quality on top of that so you mentioned there about gathering sms data and email data and that's something which, which you know, we, we know, hopefully everyone listening knows that the fewer fields you put, the more likely someone is to sign up, whether you're offering sure. a discount or whether you're offering something else. So do you, would you, if you're a company who are actively using SMS and actively using, using email, would you do email and SMS on the same form or would you do it staged or as in sure. sign up for our email next page, would you like SMS as well? How do we, how do we manage that need for two pieces of data now? Yeah, great question. Test, right? So, you know, use email for 50% of the people, use an SMS only field for 50% of the people, uh, and see which one gives you your higher submission rate. And then of course, look down funnel. How many of those people giving you your SMS are actually engaging with your mobile, mobile messaging? And how, what's their time to conversion? That's going to be your biggest thing. So I always tell people, yes, list growth is important, but ultimately at the end of the day, it's revenue. Mm-hmm. And if revenue is going up because of these changes you're making and that's affecting revenue downstream, then that's the right choice you need to make. Lots of testing coming our way. Yeah. I can see that. We, so we, we're saying pop-ups, still good, still working, yep. but be cleverer than three seconds and, and up it goes. Okay. We're talking don't lead with a discount, lead with a compelling reason of why they might yeah. want to be hearing more from you. Test uh, capturing SMS versus email and email, etc. Then there's a, something else which I've seen a lot of people doing um, recently, which seems like a bit of a no-brainer to me, is the Wheel of Fortune sure. option. Have you, are you finding, I, I'm, I would guess that results are great because sure. A, people get to be interactive. Um, so it looks like fun. It looks like far more fun than just putting your email address in a box. Sure. But also it means the kind of the person's taking some ownership of the journey to some extent, which psychologically we know means they're going to feel more bought in. So is all that standing up? Are people seeing good results from the Wheel of Fortune option? Yeah, absolutely. And anytime you can gamify something, people love gamification. The one drawback to the Wheel of Fortune is it's a discount, right? So here you go. Um, And that's why people are doing it. Again, when we talk about quality of contacts, like People know how to hack pop-ups, especially if you like people want to reduce hurdles, right? So, you know, they're going to display the discount code in the pop-up, right? So if I know you're going to display the discount code in the pop-up, then I'm going to put it whatever I need to put in that email input field just so I can get that discount code. So then you question, okay, so we, we put it in the first email, but now we're introducing a hurdle, right? Mm-hmm. The person's on their site. And now I'm telling them, leave my site and go check your email, which then opens up a whole nother can of opportunities for me to get distracted by something else, depending on what email yeah. inbox I'm looking at. So, of course, there's this constant struggle of uh, they're on site. Do I keep them on site so I complete their purchase or do I protect my discount code? And then you can get into the whole bit too, like when you're offering a discount, do you do a static code or promote like a single use code? And like to me, it's like, you know, if I'm going to give you a 10% discount for giving me your email address and it gets put on, you know, Honey or whatever coupon site there is, if that drives 10 conversions for me, but I'm giving 10% margin, that's still way cheaper than my acquisition cost. So <laughs> yeah, the exactly. more the merrier. If you want to use Welcome 20 all day to get 20% off, 
I don't care. That's what it takes for you to come back and buy again. Great. That's fine. But I digress. So um, back to the Wheel of Fortune. Yes, they're, they're always going to be interactive. People are always going to click on them. You're going to have a high quality, quantity. You're going to have a high submission rate. What are the quality of those contacts? I don't know. I mean, I, I, you know, candidness, I'm in this business. I put my name in the, in the inbox or the little Wheel of Fortune because I like to watch it spin. Do I have any intent of actually engaging with that brand? Probably nine times out of 10, no. Like, and then, so now I'm just a dead contact. And you're sending me emails. Is there a chance I might mm. purchase? Of course. But again, you have to balance that out of what is my acquisition cost? What's it going to cost to put Gabe on my email list to keep emailing him? And what are those opportunities that he's actually going to purchase something from that based on him getting this discount? I'd also say sometimes psychologically, when I get that gamification, if I see there's like a 50% off and I click on it and I only get the 5% off and I'm like, okay, first of all, does anyone actually ever win the 50% off? Does that actually ever happen? And number two, like if you're willing to give someone 50%, the best you're going to give me is 5%. That, that sucks. Like, screw that. I'm done. <laughs> There's there's a lot of psychology going on with with where the the uh, the, the offer points get put, and there's sure. also you know in the in the likelihood of winning one of them, and I think there's also you know going back to point you were saying earlier about if it's a more considered purchase, a more luxury brand, does having a wheel of fortune with discounts actually fit? You know, would it be? jarring you know yeah. you, you were saying about earlier on about you know you walk into Walmart and you've got the greeter and if the greeter said would you like to sign up for this and get 10% off you probably would because it's Walmart yeah. and that would make sense sure. and it would fit but if you walked into I don't know Saks Fifth Avenue yeah. and someone came up and went someone's probably I don't live in, live in the States clearly yeah. from accent probably yeah. somebody's probably going to email in and go they do that every time I walk in yeah. but you know and someone immediately accosts you yeah. and go have this bottle of perfume free if you spend £200 today or something yeah. you're going to go ooh that feels a bit icky and if that's the case for your brand maybe the Wheel of Fortune isn't for you I mean I'm expecting to walk into Tiffany's and see a giant Wheel of Fortune and be like <laughs> <laughs> and you're going why didn't I win the yeah. top prize yeah. I mean could you imagine I mean it would be I mean, maybe that would drive foot traffic, but it would be almost comical. Like, and you could never yeah. associate those two brands. And I, I think you're exactly right. Like you, you, the, the email collection point could be your first interaction with this customer. And so you want to be able to set that tone from the very beginning. And gamification will work perfectly. Like if you're selling anime models and cartoons and um, children's toys, that type of stuff, gamification makes perfect sense. Um, I've even seen it like an automotive, right? Like, you know, you can do that kind of stuff. Um, but if you're a luxury brand, like your goal is to not discount. And I've worked with a number of luxury brands where they weren't a discount and then they started discounting and then they tried to backtrack and like it killed them because the mindset was you're a discount brand, you offer discounts. I'm not paying full price ever for your product because you've conditioned me to that point. And if an email capture point is where you started that conditioning. How do you want to condition them? Yeah, you're conditioning them before they've even got their credit card out yeah. to expect a discount. And it's just, yeah, many a retailer has failed due to yeah. making that error. Well, look, the, on the kind of, I guess the, the complete opposite of the Wheel of Fortune is something we're seeing a lot of, especially beauty brands with strong stories doing at the moment, is the quiz which really takes the getting the user involved in their purchase 
journey yeah. to a to a next level. And I can see you're, you're nodding a lot as I'm saying about, <laughs> about the quiz idea. So, sure. um, okay, clearly quizzes work. Um, should we? How do we go about constructing one? Great question. So quizzes definitely work. Um, I worked with probably one of the first makeup brands to kind of parlay into this quiz space, uh, and they actually had it. They kind of combined it with the idea of like a Tinder, where they were providing looks. So they were using user-generated content. Um, they were using micro-influencers. And you could go on their website, and it was a combination where you would swipe right or left, depending on what makeup look you liked. And then it would take you to the quiz where they asked you, like, what's your skin type? When you wake up in the morning, is it oily or is it dry? What look do you like best? And they took all of this data and combined it. And the nice thing about the quiz is it takes it from here's a discount to, hey, we actually care about what you're trying to do with us. And so we want to really curate and really help you identify what products you want to purchase. So now it's become a, hey, you're on my team. We're doing this together. And that's like that likelihood is going to get me to purchase, right? Versus, you know, it's a personal touch versus just you signed up. Here's the generic welcome. Bye, bye, bye. Right now that stuff works. But again, like makeup brands are very smart about this because, you know, a makeup, I clearly don't wear makeup. Well, you can't see me, but you know, <laughs> I have no problem with wearing makeup. My daughter does her make does makeup on me all the time. But like, my nine year old daughter knows way more about this stuff than I ever could. So if I'm going and purchasing for somebody, or I'm a newbie to this, we've seen like the rise of you know all these YouTube stars on makeup and tutorials and all this stuff. So if you see the rise of all that. It was necessary for this very specific kind of brand vertical to understand, okay, we have to educate our people so they understand why they're buying from us versus anybody else. And you can do that with makeup. It's interactive. Now, one of the things that we converted to was uh, reusable toilet paper. It's made from bamboo, right? Mm -hmm. Like doing a quiz on bamboo toilet paper, maybe not the best, but <laughs> you could try to apply some of those kind of things. Like, and I could see some of the bigger retailers doing it. Like, is it important for you that your the things that you buy from us are renewable? Is it important that you buy things that are made in America? Is it important or wherever, whatever country mm -hmm. you live in, if that's a big thing for you, uh, is it important that you buy local? You know, we've seen the number of grocery stores in the U S that are like, have a local section and have, you know, local produce and that's important to people nowadays. So you kind of have to take all those things into consideration as you apply those quizzes. In terms of execution, there's a number of ways you can do it. I've seen everybody go from like, you know, Google Forms, which there's no shame in that. People I know kind of shy away from it. They're like, but I'm a brand. Like, are they going to judge me if I use Google Forms? No, no one's going to judge you. Especially when you're testing it out, yeah, you know, because exactly. to do a, an all singing or dancing full on quiz flow is a huge amount of work, right. and proofing and checking and testing. And if you just want to try and work out what the right questions are to ask, which routes do your customers go down? Because, you know, I'm sure many businesses have, you know, maybe you have a simple quiz with four different routes and you'll find 80% of people go down one of those routes. Yeah. So, you really shouldn't have spent the time building out the other ones to the same extent. So, yeah, yeah, I, I see no reason we're starting for the Google form. Test it and, yeah. and give it a go. But, yeah, I think, I think like you said, the, a successful quiz sign-up or the success of a quiz sign-up lies in it feeling almost like kind of like a personality profile or a, a journey that you're going on that feels valuable as you go through it as the consumer. That at the end, when you get asked to put in your email address, it's just, 
I haven't, didn't even realise I put in my email yeah. address because it was just such an obvious thing to do and such an obvious path to take. And it's making me a better customer before I even start getting the welcome campaign. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, we talk about how we collect all this different data about people and, and how we can kind of nurture them through that process. And I always go back to Starbucks, like Starbucks, like their whole loyalty program, birthday program, like Starbucks could be like, hey, we're going to update our program. So if you want your free birthday coffee, we need to know like your neighbor's dog's tail length. And without a doubt, people are going to be outside, like tracking down Fido and being like, I need to measure your tail because I want my free (laughs) Starbucks coffee. And like for Starbucks, that is literally no margin for them whatsoever. Like they don't care. It's a free coffee, like whatever. But they, and with something like that, they get so much social coverage and yes. PR. It yeah. would pay for itself so many times yes. over. But yeah, it, it's building that relationship. And I think that's one of the things I like best about quizzes is that it builds a relationship between the, the quizzee, maybe, or the quizzer and yeah. the, the company. Before you've even got their email address, you're building a personalized relationship, which makes it so powerful. Well, um, Gabe, we are going to pause now for a reminder of our sponsors, and then we're going to talk about the wider world of email marketing. Success in 2021 means building stronger relationships with your customers. Last year saw a lot of consumers switching to buy online, leading to surges in new customer acquisition. So how are you planning on turning your new first-time buyers into profitable repeat customers? Well, that's what Clavio is for. Clavio helps businesses create memorable marketing moments through email, SMS and personalised website experiences. And that is what creates repeat purchases. That's why Clavio, the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform, is used by over 50,000 e-commerce brands around the world. Get started with your free account today. Visit clavio.com slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan. Okay, Gabe, so far we've gone deep into list growth. Now you get to wow us with your insider knowledge about the whole of email marketing. So for the following questions, your answer can be anything to do with email marketing, which of course does include list growth. Are you ready? Yes. Excellent. Let's start with email marketing newbie advice. If we've inspired someone to take their first step with email marketing, what do they need to know to give themselves the best chance of success? Uh, don't be afraid of creating content and over mailing your customers. Uh, oftentimes we have folks that will go months between time uh, where they're like, well, I don't want to abuse my email list. And I always tell people to start with a four week rotating program. So number one is your big discount of the month. Number two is your new releases. Number three are your founders picks, your favorites. Could even just be overstock. No one's going to know, right? But you have inventory <laughs> to clear. So you just say that you're, they're your favorite. And then the fourth email is like a content piece where it's like a care tip or a blog. And a lot of people are writing blogs. So you can just recycle that content. And there's your four monthly emails. And then you just repeat that calendar. And then you sprinkle in random holidays. I tell people all the time, like, you can make up holidays. I worked with a China brand. And I told them, I'm like, you can do International Punch Bowl Day. Like, no one needs to know that's not a thing. Just do it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Don't be afraid to email. Okay, once you've started, of course, you've got to keep optimizing. So what's your favorite way to improve email marketing performance? Uh, automations are, are kind of the bread and butter. They're going to be your biggest ROI. Uh, and it's where you can kind of 
start testing things before you roll them out big. So if you want to change your logo or change your navigation bar, automations are a great place to start testing those things because you can see where people can click on emails, where they're navigating to. Are they making it all the way down to the bottom of your emails? Or is there a lot of just fluff down there that doesn't need to be down there? Um, and so, you know, people get very particular about some things and, you know, I like there's, People who, if you change the color, they have an issue. If you change the navigation, if you've changed the button, if you change the date and time of send, I work with customers and like they'll have, if they miss their nine o'clock send window, they have customers emailing them going, did I, did I miss your email? Did like, what happened? Like, and they like legitimately panic about it. And those are the people you want to hear from because we hear mm -hmm. way too often from the people that, you know, are complaining about something in hopes of another discount. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Okay. If someone listening wants to learn more about email marketing, is there one cheap or free resource you'd recommend to them? Yeah. So this is going to be a three-part thing because it's all about just inspiration. Excellent. We'll take three. Definitely. <laughs> okay. All right. So number one, probably the most underutilized email resource that I love is Pinterest. Um, if you go on there and you're trying to figure out what to put in a welcome email, if you go to Pinterest and type in welcome emails, there will be boards upon boards of people who have already collected all of these email designs for you. So you don't have to sign up for 800 brands to figure out what these other brands are doing. Um, and you can just go and look at them. So that's, that's number one. Uh, number two is milled.com. So the past tense of mill, like you mill wheat. Um, and it's an interesting place because I think the initial purpose of it was to replace your inbox where you can like subscribe to email lists through milled. But I go and you can search like your favorite brands and you can see every campaign that they've sent over the last couple of years. And again, just brilliant in terms of people are lazy and you have to tell them exactly what to do. So people craft so meticulously all the specific content. And if you go and you look at your biggest brands, it's like giant hero image with a giant button. And that's what drives <laughs> revenue. And so we think way too much and way too hard about it. Um, and then the last two that I would just kind of comment that, it, that are great are both really good emails and really good pop-ups. I'll kind of take it back to the e email acquisition. So again, just examples, real life examples of, of things that we want to do every day without having to go and navigate ourselves. Someone's already collected these resources. So go check out those two sites as well. So Gabe, I got Pinterest, I got milled.com. What were the other two you mentioned there? Reallygoodemails.com and reallygoodpopups.com. And those are both sites where someone's just gathered it all for us. Correct, exactly. So cool, because it takes so much time to gather this stuff. Yeah. So um, that's, that's the rest of my day gone. Yeah. <laughs> and those... really good emails oh. probably has the, my favorite pop-up. I usually use their example, which is counterintuitive but they're th again cheekiness of the brand voice and it's like we don't want to be assholes but they've got them start out and like but it just perfectly fits the brand for them in terms of how often they're going to communicate with you and you know that the content they're going to send you is is going to be good and it's enough of a pattern interrupt that it doesn't really impact your experience on their site I like it. That's quite meta, though. We're saying that to find yeah. a good example of an yes. email sign-up pop-up, go to the email uh, emails resource that is yeah. reallygoodemails.com. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
There you go, guys. We got pro- properly meta there. Uh, okay. Thank you very much for those, Gabe. Those are, are brilliant. And I predict many of our listeners are about to lose an hour to going and sure. spying via those tools on their competitors, which is exactly the point of those yeah. tools. Right. It's crystal ball time. What's coming up in the next six to 12 months that we should be getting ready for in email marketing? Um, so... I'm going to broaden this a little bit to omni-channel marketing, and I think we're going to see a mix of email and SMS, and the brands that are going to be most successful are going to be the ones that sort of seamlessly integrate the two channels of communication. Um, SMS can be a whole other like, series of podcasts, I'm sure, um, in terms of strategies and the things you go behind there. Um, but I, I think we're going to continue to see a shift of like email coming back a little bit away from that personalization. We're seeing a lot of rise of like AI and artificial chat bots and all this kind of stuff, but people actually want to talk to people. So I think if we can keep emails a little bit more vague, a little bit more broad, but then give people the opportunity to connect on a one-on-one, whether it's like you look at a Bonobos where they have like their style experts, and but you have to have those people resources available. People still want to talk to people. So I think broadening it back, taking a step back and, and really kind of encouraging but allowing the consumer to own that journey is going to be the biggest change that we see in the next six to 12 months oh i like that so each channel plays to its strengths and enables the personalization to happen the right way that again again gabe you've uh, you've probably cost me a good hour yeah. of thinking uh, on that one for later on today but that's a it's a brilliant uh, a brilliant crystal ball um insight there right then gabe we are nearly at the end of the show so could you please let the listeners know where they can find you and omnisend on the web and social media please yes absolutely so it's just omnisend.com that's o-m-n-i-s-e-n-d.com um, and we are all there. So you can find us on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook. Uh, and then, of course, you know, good news is my last name, Macaluso. There's not too many of us. So feel free to look me up on LinkedIn. Um, you know, Gabe Macaluso, OmniSend. And uh, yeah, I'd love to connect with all of you. Marvellous. Thank you, Gabe. Thank you so much for being on the Keep Optimizing podcast today. You've shared so many insights with list growth and email marketing in general. It's been an absolute pleasure. So thank you. Thank you so much for having me today, Chloe. I really appreciate it. So there you go, the ins and outs of what to do for list growth. So be careful of discounting. What relationship do you actually want with your customer? Get the wording right. Why is it? How can you, why is it they should sign up? What are they going to get? How can you compel them to sign up without actually um, going through the process of, of bribing people with a discount, basically? Maybe Wheel of Fortune, if you are a brand who loves to discount, maybe that's something you should be testing. Maybe quizzes, if there's something you can put into the journey of self-discovery that was going to work for you. Um, Pop-ups, definitely still on the cards, but it's time to be cleverer about how and when you're deploying them. And some amazing resources there from Gabe in terms of how to how to find out what other people are doing. Because I think often with email, one of the challenges is getting the inspiration. And a lot of that comes from looking at what the competitors and other businesses are out there doing. So those four sites he mentioned, we are going to add into the show notes and you will find the all of that the transcript of the episode, important notes, and a fair bit more at keepoptimizing.com. If you go there and click on the link to all the episodes and then click on the link for this episode and you'll find all that detail. Now, as part of my mission to help you improve your marketing, I've invited all our email marketing specialists to join us for a Q&A webinar at the end of the month. 
that will be your chance to get your email marketing questions answered. So um, get yourself registered by again going to keepoptimizing.com and you'll see a really obvious link for the webinar. And I'm looking forward to connecting with you guys during that webinar. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Keep Optimizing podcast. If this episode has given you loads of ideas for increasing your list size, make sure you've got your welcome campaign ready to go so all those new addresses you capture are getting the right messages to turn them into buyers. And if you want a guide to doing that, then it's exactly what we covered in our last episode with Val Geisler. So check out episode number 37 for that. And please do tell your fellow email marketers about the show because my aim is to help as many of you as possible to improve the performance of your marketing. Communicating via multiple channels increases the strength of your relationships with customers, just as Gabe was saying there when he was talking about email and SMS. So for the next two episodes in our email marketing series, we're going to be exploring how to integrate your email marketing with other communications channels, both SMS and Facebook ads. So all that's coming up with lots of tips on how to to do it in order to increase those sales. For now, though, have a great week and make sure you listen to the next episode so I can help you to keep optimizing your marketing. Access everything Keep Optimizing at keepoptimizing.com. That's with an S, not a Z.